Well, tonight we're going to continue the conversation that we started this past weekend on connecting together. This past weekend we talked about really connecting with the body of Christ and why we need community. And today we're going to continue talking about connecting together. If you're new to our church, connecting together, this is our theme for 2017. We began this year, January 1, with unpacking this. And towards the end of the year, again, started this past weekend, and for, and for the next uh, couple of weekends and Wednesday nights, we're going to continue on this theme of our strategy of connecting, growing, and serving. We're going to bring this back because we really believe that beyond it being a theme for the year, it really, connecting to the body of Christ needs to be something that we do on a, on a daily basis for the rest of our lives. And as I was thinking about what direction to go, as pastor was asking me, you know, to preach for, for this past weekend and this, this Wednesday, I wanted to kind of bring them together. And, and I started thinking about, you know, some of the things that, that have been important to me in connecting with the body of Christ. And one of them is, is just friendships. So I want to spend a few moments this evening talking about really the value of friendships. So if you have our app, I invite you to take that out and go to Sermon Notes. If you are like me and you still like to do it old school, you, you like to just write notes, this will be a good time to do that. I'm going to be referencing a lot of scripture, going to kind of come from more of a teaching standpoint tonight, but I really believe that this is something that for some of us, if we've not learned this yet, for some of us, if we've not really learned the concept of really what, what it means to have close friends and what that should look like in our Christian walk, I'm really convinced that this can really impact your life and help you to continue to grow beyond the four walls of this church. Now, back in uh, 2006, uh, my wife and I, we lived in, in Waxahachie, Texas, which is just south of Dallas. Uh, Waxahachie, you, anybody, if you've never heard of that, try and say that 10 times real fast right now, do it. But in south of Dallas, we lived there, and we were helping with the church plant, and I started uh, befriending our neighbor, Larry, he was a big old guy, he loved, loved football, he was just a guy's guy. And, and every once in a while, I'd just, you know, go up there and talk to him, and just, and we became, we became kind of just, just good neighbors, and I was always looking for an opportunity to invite him to, to church. And one day, I just, after I've developed a relationship with him, and I invited him to come out, we were going to go watch the Cowboys, Cowboys back when they were winning, I was going to go watch the Cowboys. I'm just bitter right now, okay? So I'm praying through it. So if you want, add that to your prayer list for Pastor Mark, all right? But we would, we would, um, we, I would look for an opportunity for him to come, and I invited him to, a, to, to come to our church, and he finally took the bait, and he showed up. And it was then that God had called us on, and we, we left. We moved away to, uh, from Waxahachie, and three weeks ago, I happened to be back in, in, in town. I was doing a wedding. And I happen to be in, in, you know, in Waxahachie, downtown Waxahachie, and all of a sudden I hear from, from a distance, Mark Molina. And I look around, and who is it? It's Larry. Now, I have not seen him in years. So I walked up to him, and I shook his hand. Hey, man, it's great to see you. you know, and he's a teacher. He's a, a teacher there in, in the, uh, local, one of the local high schools. And he said, hey, man, I've got to tell you something. And I said, what? You know, there's a, big, there's a big change in my life. And I said, what? Are you not teaching anymore? He goes, no, 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 I'm still teaching. I'm still teaching, but I want you to know something. I said, what's up? And he said, I am now the head greeter at Creekwood Church. I'm in charge of all the greeters. I said, dude, that's awesome. And again, I, we just lost touch, you know. You know, of course, like guys, I gave him a high five. I was just so happy for him. 
And then he started choking up. I mean, talk about a big old guy. And he just started, he goes, and he's trying, you know how guys, ladies, we just try to play it off. We're really soft inside. And he was trying to play it off. He goes, you know, you know, I don't know, he was, he was trying to break something or something to show him his strength or something. But he was just kind of, kind of that uncomfortable. He goes, sorry for getting emotional right now. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> you know, he's trying to hold it in. But he said, but, you know, I haven't been baptized. And he said, if, if I get baptized at Creekwood, would you come back and baptize me? Can I tell you? I just, I said, absolutely, man. I would, I would love to. I'd be honored to do that. And I cannot tell you, listen, all the honor and glory goes to the Lord. You know, we're just vessels. It's him who, who saves. It's him who's, who offers the grace. But I cannot tell you how much that blessed my life. Because you never know the relationships that you form and being obedient to share Christ, what, what that's going to do for somebody. So that being said, I want to talk about really, really the value of friendships. The value of friendships and really how they can influence influence us now friendships can be like an elevator they can take us up or they can also bring us back down either way we can't help but being influenced by by our friends and those who are close to us we also have to realize that we all need we need and, and many of us want friends we need it we need to have friends in our life but we in order to have uh genuine friends we've got to we've got to go out there and begin put ourselves out there and learn to trust and and connect with people many people unfortunately when it comes to relationships they will compromise their values they'll compromise what they believe in their their morals uh, and in order to to be accepted and that's obviously not the way that we want to go as christ followers listen so when you begin to build um relationships and you begin to lower your standards, you show them that what you believe in is really not that important. So uh, as Christ followers, we have got to make, be that example. But we all need friends. And friends will, will influence, influence us in a, good, in a positive or negative way. The friends that we allow to come into our life will influence, uh, influence us in different ways. And I think it's very important as Christ followers that we guard ourselves. And so I want to talk about three circles of friends and I'm going to spend a little bit of time on the first two and really kind of zone in on the last one. But the first circle of friend that I want to kind of, kind of unpack that we all have, that we all have is really our casual friends. We all have casual friends. Casual friends, they're important. Casual friends are important. We need, we need these friends in our life. These are the friends that are maybe an acquaintance. These are the friends that we have that we see at work, maybe in the cubicle or at school, uh, these are the friends we see at, at UTSA or at Vista or wherever you may be going to college. These are the friends that we just hang around with our neighbors. You may not necessarily uh, hang out with them, but they're, they're people that you're acqu acquaintance with. You got to be careful with these friendships because you, you, you don't want, just because they're, they may not be, they're going to be Christians and non-Christians, right? They're, they're not always going to be Christians. And it doesn't mean that we need to shun them. Don't do that. Some, there have been some people that have taken their Christianity, and they, they said, because they're not Christ followers, that I can't be with them or I cannot befriend, befriend them. I said, if you do that, you might as well take out the, the, uh, the Great Commission, because Christ did not call us to do that. But we also got to learn where to draw the line. We need to learn where to draw the line. But these casual friends are our largest circle of friends. They are important people. In fact, Jesus reached out to casual friends. In Matthew chapter 9, 
allow me to unpack this, this quick story. Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through, through 13. It says this, And as Jesus went from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, now here were the, the key religious leaders of that time. The Pharisees were always looking for a way to, to kind of trap Jesus in what he was doing or what he was saying. And it says, when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples. Isn't that funny? They're really going against Jesus, but they're, you know, they're not bold enough to go to the person they're talking about. He says, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with the, the tax collectors and sinners? And then it says, on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. How many of you know there, that's one of Christ's drop, drop mic moments? Know what I'm talking about? There's a number of them that he does. That is one of them. That is one. He makes that statement. And, and I was wondering, as I kept reading that over and over again, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. What was he saying specifically to the, the Pharisees? You see, because when you look at sacrifice, they immediately think, the church leaders, they begin to think of, of, of really the law. They begin to think of spiritual law. They begin to think of ceremonial law of what it means to, be, to, to, to come into to grace. He's not talking about that. I'm not talking about a law. He, he said, I want to be giving mercy. That comes from passion. That comes from, from compassion within your heart. He was saying there is a difference. And here, Christ was making a clear example how he was called to everyone, not just those who were well. He was called to the sinners. And our casual friends, so for, our, for us, our casual, our casual circle of friends, they, the reality is we need to demonstrate Christ's love to them. We need to always, always, always show Christ's love. And I love this quote. Probably some of you have read it before, but it's, it says this, preach the gospel always, but use words when necessary. We should be able to see your friends, those casual friends, those, those friends that you work next to, the ones that you walk next to on the way to school, they should be able to see Christ in you every single day. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 is a great picture of what this means. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good, good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And here he's saying a city on a hill. Here's what he's depicting. Have you ever seen those, those pictures, especially in Christmas, when they show Bethlehem and they show the homes and it kind of, it's, like it's like radiant? You know what I'm talking about? Because in the desert, the way they built their homes in the Bible days, when the moon would shine down on them, it would actually be a little radiant. It would look like it was glowing. That's what he was saying, and they understood that, like a city on a hill that's glowing. That's exactly what we're supposed to do with our casual friends. With this circle of friends that we have, those acquaintance, those that we see every single day, but we may not, we may not have a close relationship with them. We need to show Christ. We need to show Christ. You know, moving on to the second 
to the second circle of friends. These are our close friends. Now, I'm saying six to ten people are maybe what that could look like. You're going to have to kind of determine it. And I was, as I was writing some of this, I was saying, you know, some may not necessarily, it may be different for some of you, and that's okay. But I just want to encourage you to follow along with me on the concept of it. But for, for close friends, I think we all need six to ten people to hang out with on a, on, a, on a regular basis. These are the people that we run with. These are the people that we, we hang out with, that beyond the workplace, beyond school, these are the people that we're going to go to the, to, uh, go out to eat with. These are the people that we're going to go and, and just uh, go to a game with. We're just going to hang beyond the, the context of what maybe casual friends are. These are close friends, and we need close friends in our life. Close friends are people from school, church, work. They're relationships that go beyond. And you know what, Jesus, and I kind of referenced this on the weekend, Jesus was close to 12. He was close to 12. Now, maybe, maybe your number needs to be 12 or more. Whatever it is, we all need to have close friends that we are building relationships beyond, beyond the four walls of this church. We need close friends inside of our lives. Close friends have strong impact in your life due to the amount of time that you spend with them. Your close friends that you have around you, they're going to Im- begin to impact your heart. Because close friends, they're the ones that are going to be there at the birthday party They're the ones that are going to be there to celebrate with you. They're the ones that are going to be there to to encourage you in your time of need. These are the people that will begin to impact impact your heart. Another something that I believe is important about close friends is this. Close friends must be like-minded in your faith. When you start allowing them to penetrate your heart, your close friends need to be like-minded in your faith. They need to be like-minded in your faith. Now, I'm not talking about shunning people away. But people that you are going to allow get close to you, if they are not God-fearing people, they're not going to give you godly advice when you need it. If they're not people that are are kind of in alignment with God, they're not going to be able to guide you the way you need to be guided. You need to have people that are like-minded in your faith. Jesus said this in uh, Matthew uh, 7, uh, 21 and 22. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father is, is in heaven. Just because they say they're a Christian doesn't mean it. Just because they have the title, it does not mean that they are, especially for relationships. When I was a youth pastor, I would get this all the time. But Pastor Mark, he goes to church. But Pastor Mark, he, 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 she, uh, she goes to church. I don't care. That doesn't mean anything. You're going to have close friends. They need, you need to make sure you see Christ living inside of them, and it's not just by title. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says this, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and and Belial. Now, Belial in the Hebrew literally means wickedness. So that's what he's talking about. What does the believer have in common with the unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said, and I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Our close friends that we have in our life, our close friends, they, they need to be like-minded in our faith. They need to be standing firm 
on the principles and the precepts of God's word. They need to be able to, to, to stand with you during those times. And, and again, when you allow those friends that are not godly, when you get involved in a relationship that you know is not honoring the Lord, you're going to begin to see yourself get out of alignment with God. It's going to begin to affect you. When you begin to lower your standards, when you begin to lower your values, the, uh, can I tell you, the enemy will take advantage of that in a second. So your close friends, they have got to be like-minded in your faith. So we talked about the casual friends and their close friends. I really want to spend the last few moments on this most important one. This third and final circle is, to me, is very dear to my heart because this is a circle of friends that I, I hold close to my heart. They probably, in fact, one of them was a casual friend before, and then he became close in college, and then he stepped into that next circle that I want to talk, and that is, that is a covenant friend. We all have casual friends, we all have close friends, but here's what I'm convinced of tonight, that each and every one of us, we all need covenant friends. We need covenant friends. We need these that are going to be very close to us. Now, typically, a covenant friend is, uh, is not going to be someone... Uh, you know, um, of the opposite sex, okay, because then emotions could get involved and go the wrong way. You know, it's, that's, that's probably not healthy. It's usually going to be a close, someone that you would consider like your brother or your sister, okay? Now, don't use this as a line, guys. You know, don't go up to a lady that you want to get a date with and say, can I be your covenant friend? Can we talk about it over coffee? No, don't do that, all right? That's not what I'm talking about, okay? Okay, that might come, but later, all right? Later, later, later. But covenant friends are traditionally going to be somebody that you're going to be able to really trust and build a relationship with. And again, they could be somebody that, you know, that would, you would consider a brother. There are three guys right now that, are so, that I'm close to. Uh, there are, one's in Dallas, one's in Kingsville, and then there's another one that's here in San Antonio. And I consider, consider uh, them a covenant friend. Um, I can tell you, uh, and some of you know him, um, uh, Michael Fernandez, uh, he's, a, he's a youth pastor here at Cornerstone, and, and I've known Mike and I pretty much grew up together, and he is kind of, he is just one of those guys that I consider a covenant friend. Covenant friend is somebody that you can call on at any time, and, and we were roommates in college, and, and we, we really got close there, but we began to see as we began to go into ministry uh, how God brought this together. And, and so let me kind of um, unpack this for a few moments. What the at, really the attributes of what a covenant friend should look like. First of all, a covenant friends are they're ready to face life's difficult situations with you. Covenant friends are ready to face life's difficult situations with you. Now I mentioned that Jesus was really he was close to three, but I believe his covenant friend, excuse me, he was close to twelve, but I believe his covenant friends were were three. In Luke chapter eight, verse forty nine says this, while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. And hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go, into, go in with him except Peter, John, and James and the child's father and mother. I want you to think about this situation here. There's a child who, is, who has died. The parents are obviously probably just tormented. They're just, they're, they're, they're just distraught. And who does Christ 
who is, was very specific, only with him. He, he only allowed. He certainly wasn't going to, I mean, was he going to bring, really, was he going to bring Judas in there? Probably not. <laughs> going to probably charge the parents, you know, just for Jesus walking in. Was he going to allow doubting Thomas to walk in there? Probably not. But he brought these guys in here. He only allowed them, and I, and I see what a clear picture of what covenant friends, because covenant friends will be there when you face life's most difficult situations. You need this type of a friend in your life. Number two, covenant friends stand in faith with you regardless of the circumstance. A covenant friend is going to be somebody that's going to stand right by your side regardless of what may be happening. They're going to support you and use their faith with yours. This is when you and a covenant friend will, will, will join hands and you'll agree together and you'll pray the prayer of faith. Oh, can I tell you, there's been many times that I've needed that for someone else to agree with their faith with mine in a particular situation. And that's exactly what a covenant friend will do. They don't bail out when it gets tough. A casual friend might, possibly a close friend, but a covenant friend is someone that's going to stick right by you no matter how big, it may, how big the situation may seem. Exodus chapter 17, verse 11, has a picture of this. Exodus 17, 11. It says this, As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat, he sat on it. Aaron and Ur held, held his hands up one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. This is a person that's going to be by your side in a difficult situation. This is a person that's going to be right there. This, this covenant friend's going to be there when you receive bad news, that, that somebody close to you or family member or you yourself has received news that you have cancer. This is a covenant friend that's going to be right there by your side when you have to talk to them about a, a difficult life decision. Or maybe a, a, you're going through a divorce or a breakup that's just really hurting your heart. You need that type of a person that's going to be, hold up your arms just like Aaron and Ur did for Moses. And he needed them in that moment because he physically could not do it any longer. And there's going to be moments where we all go through that. where We're going to need someone to stand Stand in the gap. Number three, covenant friends pursue God together. Covenant friends pursue God together. Luke 9, verse 28 says about, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto the mountain to pray. And went onto the mountain to pray. You know, when, you have a con when you're pursuing God together, you guys are spiritually connected. You, when you have a covenant friend that you pursue God with, you, you are so comfortable praying, worshiping, and seeking God together. Most importantly, you pray for one another. This is the person that you, especially during a time when, when, when you're, you're, you're asking God to, for an answer, you're asking God for direction, you're asking God to, to guide you in, in a certain where you have a need in your life, this is a person that you're going to want to pursue God with. You're going to want to have this person in your life that you can link arms with. Number four, covenant friends are people who trust that people you trust to get the job done. People that you trust that will get the job, job done. Luke chapter 22, verse 7 and 8. Again, talking about Christ's covenant friends, just examples. Then, then came the day of the unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had been sacrificed. 
And Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Now, this is something that was a tradition, but tonight was so special. This was going to be the last night that Christ was with his disciples. So Christ was not only going to be his last meal with them, but he was also going to, to, he was going to unpack communion with them, but he was also going to give his final instructions. How many know that, that during this time that, that Peter and John, they, they couldn't mess this up? They needed to make sure that whatever that Christ had tasked them to do, that they responded and they did it appropriately. This is something that, that is so important. You need someone that's going to help you get the job done and really kind of pick you up when you, you feel like you're falling behind and someone that's going to push you. Covenant friends are committed to help, helping you succeed. And I believe that's exactly what they were doing. Christ's mission on earth was coming to a close. And all the way up until this point, they have continually stood by Christ's side and they are helping him to succeed, to, for his mission to succeed. Covenant friends realize that when you make a mistake, you haven't done a permanent job. I think this one's really important. I think this is really important because sometimes trust and grace easily leaves relationships. I'm not saying that, that we don't have to be healed or we don't have to work through some things, but we need to understand that people that are close to us are going to mess up, and we need to, be, we need to give them grace. We need to give them, we need to allow trust. In Luke 22, it says, uh, but he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you. Talking about Peter, I'm ready to, ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. One of Christ's closest friends, and he messed up. And he messed up big time. This was not just a little, little, just off the beaten path. He really messed up. But here's the amazing thing. Here's the amazing thing. We need to understand that when we have covenant friends, just because they make a mistake, we need to, there may need, need to be some healing. There need, may need to be some things that you talk through, but don't, don't give up on them. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. Covenant friends fulfill their commitments and promises. Covenant friends are willing to risk it all in order to stand with you. Covenant friends are willing to risk it all. They're willing to go above and beyond to help walk with you. Covenant friends will teach, they'll coach, they'll assist you when you need it, when you need it. In John 15, 15, I love this. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus had poured everything out to the disciples. He just kind of un just unpacked everything into them and just began to pour out into them. And because of that, because of that, they were able to do some pretty amazing things. And that's exactly what a covenant friend is. Number 11, covenant friends are those who are, can, you can be totally open and transparent with. A covenant friend is somebody that you can be open and transparent with. You know, there's no barriers there. There's no barriers there. What a great example in Mark chapter 14. This is, this is Christ right before he's, he's getting, I mean, he's hours away from the cross. And here's what it says in Mark 14, verse 32. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. 
And Jesus said to the disciples, sit here while I pray. There it is again. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. And he began to, deep, he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. This is the Christ. This is the Messiah. I want you to think about that for a moment. If that's not someone being so transparent and just kind of really pouring his, his heart out, I don't know what is. And who did he pour it out to? Peter, James, and John. He says, stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed, if it is possible that the hour might pass from me. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not, my, not what I will, but what you will. This was not embarrassing for him. He was carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. He was, he, there were no barriers in this moment. He wanted them to see, in not only just what he said, but you could probably, I can just only imagine what Christ looked physically in that moment. That he was saying that I am, uh, I'm already, uh, am sorrow to the point of death. And this is what he was telling his covenant friends. There are no barriers there. You need that person that you can just be completely real with, that you can just completely trust. And did the disciples think when he said that that they lost respect? Absolutely not. They had been with him. They've been praying with him. They've been listening to him. They know why he's, they begin to truly understand why he was here. And this is when they began to really understand his purpose. We need that type of person. That you need that person that you can be transparent with in your time of need. The last one I want to share, and I'm going to ask the keyboards to come on back. You can trust a covenant friend with your most valuable possessions and relationships. You can trust a covenant friend with things that are very valuable to you. In John chapter 19, verse 25 through 27, says this. Near the cross, Jesus stood... Uh, Jesus stood his near the cross of Jesus stood his mother his mother's sister Mary and the wife of Calopas and his Mary and Mary Magdalene and Jesus saw his mother there and his disciple whom he loved standing nearby he said to his mother dear woman here is your son now I want you to picture this Christ is dying the weight of our sin is on his shoulders he's about to he's about to, to die and he sees his mom and he sees one of his covenant friends and here's what he says he says dear woman here is your son and to the disciple here is your mother and from that time on the disciple took her into his home what is more valuable to some, to, to a man like in that moment than his mom a mother that gave him life. A mother that, that scraped up, that kind of bandaged every wound and, and held him when he was sick. And look at that. What an amazing thing that he did right there. While he was dying on the cross, he was in horrible pain. And he's looking down at his mom, who was probably feeling the pain as well. And he looks down to his covenant friends and he says, Listen, I want you, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm asking you to take care of my mom for me. What a picture of what, how a covenant friend should respond and what we all need. Proverbs 18, 24 says this, A man of many companions may come 
to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I don't know where you are in your relationships, and I really hope, I really hope tonight that something has triggered inside of you. Maybe you've been wondering, you know, you know, I, I, I get, get a great momentum with the Lord, and I, have a, I come and I hear Pastor Jim speak, and, and I really get motivated, and I start out well, but some, by Wednesday or Thursday, Friday, I feel like I've just lost everything could very well be obviously we've got to walk with Christ daily but can I tell you you need those close and you need to take it a step further you need a covenant friend that's going to walk by your side my question to you is really and is and this is really the altar call as we leave this place tonight to reevaluate your friends all the way from the from the from the casual to the close to the covenant first of all are you lowering your standards are you lowering your morals so that you could be accepted or that you can feel accepted into a certain group? It's so easy to do, but that's not the way that God wants us to have close friendships. Do you have those close friends that are like-minded in your faith? That when you're going to hang out somewhere outside of church, that you're gonna, you know you're going to be able to go somewhere and hang out with people that are like-minded in your faith and you're going to be able to do things and just have a great time and not have to go to a stupid club or do, go drinking and all those things. Do you have those close friends in your life that can help you in that? And then the last one, which I believe is the most important, who are your covenant friends? Who are your covenant friends? I would dare say, I believe that maybe somebody here tonight that you have not really, you, you, maybe you haven't thought about that. I would really pray, I would ask you to prayerfully begin to say, God, help me to find my covenant friends. Help me to be a covenant friend. Help me to be that close friend and surround those that you've already put in my life and develop this because I'm going to say what I said this past weekend. God never intended for you to journey alone. And I don't know about you. Why don't you just go ahead and stand with me tonight? I don't know about you, but in this world, I don't want to journey alone. I can't journey alone. I can't journey alone. I need, I need my boys. I need my boys I can call anytime. And it's so great because when we get back together, I feel like we've just gone back about 20 years and we're at Southwestern in school getting in trouble, launching water balloons from the third floor of our dorm. Then when we'd run out of water balloons, we'd, we'd get an apple and we'd see how far we can chunk it. These are stuff we really did. But you know what? <laughs> One of the things that I absolutely love about that time is because we became casual and then we became close and we were like-minded in our faith, it turned into covenant friendships that really are for a lifetime. And here's my prayer for you is that you will have that, that you will seek that, that you will become that for somebody else. Because God doesn't want you to journey, to journey alone. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray and be dismissed. Father, we love you and we thank you, God, first and foremost, for the example that you give us through Scripture, the example that you, give, that you gave us, dear Lord, in leading your disciples. God, it is clear, dear Lord, that in order for us to continue to, to walk and journey in this life, God, we need you in our hearts. We need you directing us through your Holy Spirit. But God, you also gave us the body of Christ to walk alongside us. And God, it's my prayer 
Lord, that we would be, dear Lord, a covenant friend to somebody, that we would have those close friends that we're going to encourage on a daily basis, that our casual friends that we see at work and maybe nowhere else, that they'll see Christ in us. And Lord, it's my prayer that God, that for those that might be lonely, for those that don't have that, those circle of friends in their life, Lord, that you would begin to help them and that you would bring those people to their lives so that you can remind them tonight that they're never, you never intended for them to journey alone. So God, I pray, God, that we would take this to heart, that we would follow your example. And Lord, until we see each other again, may we not be dismissed, well, dismissed from this place, but not dismissed from your presence. We give you praise, and it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Just before you're dismissed, I just want to remind all of our young adults, it's Connect Night. So do not leave. There's going to be food. Just go ahead and head on over to the cafe. For all of our young adults, Connect Night is open for you. God bless you. Go in the love of Jesus.